the bone. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's do it. Shit. Long time no see. Right? One one hell of a week. One hell of a break. Oh, my God. Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. What a time, man. That was fun. I think you and I both needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Went on a little break. Sorry for the pause. Sorry for the... Don't be sorry. Couple weeks. Um, to the audience. To oh, the audience. Okay. Yeah. Got some listeners out there. Yeah. I wonder if they're waiting. I wonder if they're like, where they're the waiting. hell are they? They're yeah. waiting. <laughs> but uh, I think with the new year, right, 2022, people got resolutions, um, goals to be, you know, that they're setting. I feel like it's an important topic to talk about. And um, I think today... We're going to talk about consistency. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't even put the two together, like uh, New Year's resolutions and consistency. Because. Yeah, I just thought. About yeah, you that told too. me about it. And I was like, yeah, of course. But it's like to link the two together. Perfect mm-hmm. correlation. Oh, yeah. And um, it's one of those things that people are always setting these resolutions. But they can never really uh, stick to them. Um. Who, one of the hosts of like a late night show, James Corden, I think. Gordon. Corden. Yeah. James Corden. Right? That's his name? Yeah. I saw a TikTok and it was like um, every year I say January 1st, I'm starting my journey. I'm going to lose the weight. I'm going to be healthy. Whatever. From Christmas to New Year's, he eats like a pig. January 1st comes and he said, clearly you see that I didn't reach my goal. And I think it's a lack of consistency as well as a lack of motivation and a lack of a few things. But I think the root of it is consistency. I feel like people have this idea that there's always going to be a tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, forgot the actor's name, but in Rocky, said it best. There is no tomorrow. Right. There is no tomorrow. Everything you have is right now. So um, I know we were talking about this right in your kitchen. Uh, like icing on the cake, right? Because you and I are both going on a cut. And for those who don't know what a cut is, like when you're trying to just just shred body fat. Um, But when we say like, okay, like this is, this is like the last cheap meal that I'm going to have. We really mean it. And like, it's, it's, but like for most, it's like, okay, it's this cheap meal. Oh, then it's this cheap meal. And then it turns into cheat days. Right. And then cheat days and then so on and so forth. And then, you know, not to shit talk James Corden, but the example that you just gave sounds like, you know, it just he's continuing to say tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, which is, I feel like, what most people do. Yeah, but it's right right now. Like, I had you sleep over after Nashville. I went upstairs late night to go to bed, see some homemade pizza that my mom made. And I said, this slice of pizza is my last uncounted calorie I'm going to put in my body for the next probably six months. Mm -hmm. And granted, I'm only two days in, but I've tracked every single calorie from that point on. Like, there's no, there's no cheat day. There's no cheat meal. What do you think is step one? Just to like, kind of like preparation, preparation. I'm saying even like, like before preparation, I was thinking, I was thinking like, I'm just I'm sorry, I'm just gonna like jump in and just say No, no, of course. I think forgiving yourself is number one. I feel like people often like set these goals and they want to achieve them so badly, but 
they don't take a moment to pause and look at their past and reflect on where they currently were coming from. And when they forgive themselves for all of the, quote, bad decisions or perceived bad decisions that they've made in the past, it's still in their unconscious. Like they're not they're not truly letting go of what was to accept what is and what they want to be. And I feel like when we forgive ourselves by literally dropping things that we don't want in our life anymore. I think that, and and like truly loving our own bodies, truly loving our own experience, our own, our own being on this earth. I feel like that that's step one, because it's only until you forgive yourself and you can make that first until you can prepare. But how do you forgive? I would, I would say accept forgiveness and acceptance. Acceptance. I feel like are, are also like that kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. So I completely agree with forgiveness. I didn't really look at it from that perspective, that lens, but, um, I think acceptance and forgiveness has allowed me to go on the journeys that I've gone on because I've accepted who I was, what I used to do, how I used to eat, how I used to be physically active in certain ways that I was. And from there, I made like a preparation plan, an action plan. But I had to prepare to make that plan first, and then I made a plan. Of course. Um, And now it's time to execute the plan. But um, this also relates to my bulking. Because bulking mentally was a lot harder for me to be consistent, first of all, but also just to do in general, because I came from a place of being overweight. So this was the first time in two years that I had to put weight on in a healthy manner. And to eat more than my body wanted at the time was putting a detriment on my mental health. And I was like, I'm going to get fat again. I'm not doing it right. It's just, I felt miserable. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. But I was consistent because I forgave myself for what I used to be, because I accepted myself for what I used to be, and I recognized how far I got on my first cut. And I was like, if I could lose all that weight two years ago, I'm going to be able to lose it again in the the six months that I'm going on this cut. Right. But if you never took that process to forgive yourself first then practice practice yes if you never took that practice of forgiving yourself first then you would have jumped into something that you weren't ready for mentally yeah and i would have because i could i could tell you the moments that i wanted to stop first weekend or second weekend i was up 300 calories because I was at a really big deficit. So I upped it 300 calories and to eat at the time, which is really unhealthy to eat 2,400 calories as a bulk of in my like shape and stature was not healthy. Yeah. Like it was too low still. It was too low. But even at that uh, amount, I was like full and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I just don't like, I just don't feel good. But I trusted the process, uh, the practice. I trusted the plan and I kept doing it, kept doing it. Before you know it, I was eating 3,100 calories, which was miserable, miserable. Wow. But yeah. to get from a point of eating 2,000 calories and being satiated 
to being able to eat 3,100 calories, gain right. the weight I did, was like such a big goal that I achieved. But it was a goal that I knew I could reach. Mm. It was, um, what was the word you used earlier today when you were reading off the, the list? Uh, you the, lost me. It has to line up. The two things have to line up. Oh, your action and your intention. Yeah. My intention, I knew that I could reach that intention. So it was easier for me to get there. Got it. It wasn't something that like, I, I wasn't overshooting it. I knew for a fact that if I was consistent, I could get there. So what about like people who don't think they could get there? Like if, like, if they're trying to trust a goal, like let's say um, someone is super overweight and they don't know if they can get down to where they, where they're, you know, comfortable and they lack that confidence. Like baby steps, baby steps. We talked about it in one of our first podcasts. Sit up, look around, then stand up, Mm -hmm. then walk, then go to the gym. So I think if you create mini goals, like very small, very, very tiny, tiny goals, you'll see like, oh, I did that. Like I could probably do this or like I did that for three weeks straight. Now it's time to do this. Right. Like, I, I, I ate 2,400 calories for three weeks. I adapted. Okay, 2,500. Same idea. Three weeks. Okay, 2,600. That takes a consistent amount of self-reflection, though. Oh, yeah. 100%. And I think for certain people, they're more consistent at one thing and less consistent at another. Like, they, like people have their spectrum of consistency within various different areas. I know for me, maintaining my physical health from looking and comparing myself to you or to Pete. It's just not there. I know like me, like it's a struggle for me sometimes to just go to the gym and work out, but for me and remain consistent with that. But for me to um, be consistent in my practice with mental health, it's a lifestyle, you know? And, and I know for you working out is lifestyle and I'm, I'm like actually on my own personal journey to, and practice to become or to have like going to the gym five days a week or four days a week become a part of my lifestyle and like physical health deeper than like a Tai Chi and like a yoga and like push up sit-ups and like calisthenics work right because I mean I'm comfortable with that stuff but it's it's more so like actually putting weight on my bones I just haven't I haven't lifted uh, consistently in a while but for me mental health I'm there every night, you know, every throughout the day I meditate like it's drinking water, you know? So I think it's also important for our audience to recognize that it's, it's okay to have inconsistencies with certain different areas of their life, but reflecting on those inconsistencies and reflecting on where you want to get better at, I feel like is truly where your next step is after forgiving yourself. Yeah. And I, I really do love how we are, like, almost complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Like, your mental health, I'm physical health. And, like you said, you deal with your own battles. I do, too, when it comes to mental health, though. Because I am so caught up on a lifestyle of physical health. And, perfect example. When I was just... When this podcast first started... And I was practicing meditation and I was practicing mindfulness 
I I do believe that I was in a med- meditative state for like at least five days straight. Mm-hmm. At least. I was super self-aware. I was super calm and relaxed and able to focus on what was right now. Then, bulk, I was in the heart of it. Wow. Grandmother passes away. Uh, finals and just, just, life. just life. Life Stre- Stressors happened, Qu- like quick. They built up quick. And I found myself. I I think we talked about it during break. Like I just found myself in a state of being lost. After I was so like ment- mentally stable, I guess you could say for like in bliss mode. Four weeks. Yeah, I was in bliss, bliss for four weeks, and then a snap of a finger. It was gone. But the past few days after Nashville, I was able to reflect on it, and I'm starting to find my my way back. But you have to understand that during that entire period of stressors, my physical health was not touched one bit. I was in the gym, on my regimen. I was eating the food I needed to eat. I was there. Oh, the holidays were a big one, too, like dealing with the holidays. Right. Like, just there was so much going on that my mental health was just non-existent. But like like you said, the self-awareness, I'm able to bring myself back. How I reflected on it, bringing myself back. I'm practicing more now than I was three weeks ago because three weeks ago I felt so lost. I guess for me, I look at my physical health and I I, I look at myself as like being an exercise science major, right? And it's like part of why I'm even going to school is to learn lifting and like compound movements and like exercise prescription and all of that. And academically, like cognitively, like I get it. Like I, I know what hypertrophy is. I get progression and like progressive overload and like specificity and like all these different principles, right? I understand them, but to like practice it and to actually do it. Different beast. is a whole different beast. And I think part of it is, um, I need a gym buddy or like someone to hold me accountable, you know? And like, maybe, maybe that's my inner circle of friends. Like to just fucking hold me accountable to just going to the gym. And like, I, now that we're like live, I'm going to say this like live, like I, like maybe I need you or like Pete to like literally text me and say, I don't give a fuck what your excuses were today. Did you do this? And I'm going to have to look at that text or look at that phone call and say yes or no. it's a yes or a no question. It's not a yes but or a no but. It's yes or no. You need a Jasper Fit mentor. Kind of. No, I feel like. No. <laughs> yeah, honest, right. But I, I feel like we all do. Like we all need yeah. our mentors. We all need our peers and we all need our mentees. It's what keeps us grounded. I heard that from my mentor. He said, always have someone to look up to. Have a mentor, have someone to hold you accountable, have a peer that you can relate to on your level and also have a mentee so you can take what where you are with your peer and what you're learning from your mentor to then pass down onto somebody else. And by passing it down and by having a storytelling aspect to what you're going through, it's a cyclical cycle. There's a beginning of no end. Yeah. And there is no end to it. It's the bone. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that. Mentor. Say it again. Mentor, peer, mentee. Sick. That's sick. And with the three, you know, different 
triangle. To try the points of the triangle. Right. This triangular it's, it's nonstop. It's not stop. And um I think by finding different areas of your life that you can improve on, get better at, and and stay consistent with, you need those three things. See, I I love absolutely adore the idea of holding yourself accountable and when you're able to hold yourself accountable you could be accountable for other people Mm -hmm. but like at the same time like the workout we did have together i was going crazy Mm -hmm. you were going crazy because we were both there to hold each other accountable in that moment i can i do work out by myself i never i barely Maybe once every two months I'll work out with somebody. But like it's a different it's a different vibe when you got a peer with you just with the same mindset and the idea of pushing you past your limits when you don't wanna. And I think in my world, I don't need a men- not a mentor, a peer or somebody to hold me accountable for my physical well being. But I do think I need somebody to hold me accountable for my mental well-being. So, like, do you pick and choose your battles? Like, who who do you have a mentor for? Like, who do you oh, have somebody to hold you oh, accountable absolutely. for? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. The answer to your question, yes. 101 million percent. Having a, a per- like, that's why people have personal trainers. They have spiritual gurus. They have, and, and they have, like, a mental wellness guy. You know, you look at Russell Wilson, like, that's, he has, like, a team. Of like, oh, he's got a mental conditioning coach. He's got a physical conditioning coach. He's probably got a spiritual coach too as well, right? And then he has his own, he's his family and like as friends. I think that goes for anybody. Um, But I think, I think I, I get caught up. I'm a big choices guy. And I feel like I have a choice, right? I always talk about having a choice in everything that you do. But sometimes I look at choices and I'm like, Humans, like, we really don't want the best for ourselves, truly. That's why it sucks to get up out of bed and go to the gym. That's why it sucks. If we really wanted the best for ourselves, we would literally feel fired up every day and eat healthy every day and go to the gym every day and talk to everybody all of the time, right? But we don't do that. We like to be comfortable. So how do you break that? How do you so break I think that by breaking that, I and- think it's by realizing that we have a choice. But what I really wanted to get to is sometimes I'm like, Fuck, no, I don't have a choice. Like, I'm going to get up at this time no matter what. It's not that I have a choice. I'm like, okay, going to the gym, maybe I have to, like, I'm getting up to go to to class now. Like, this is my time to go. And if we think that we don't have a choice in doing something, if, if initially, initially, if we feel like we don't have a choice and we do it, maybe that's just the spark that we need. Or, or maybe I, maybe I'm just personally reflecting on me. But I'm always about like, oh, you have a choice when you you can get up. You can either be productive or not. You can either talk to that person or not. You could either eat healthy or not. You choose. Well, it's great to to cognitively understand and get there. And if you're in a right from a mind, of course, you're going to want to choose the good thing. But when you're not that good of a frame, when you're not feeling the best, maybe those are the days where you feel like, nah, like I don't have a choice. I'm doing this no matter what. And I feel like that's where the accountability comes in from from somebody else. So do you think that's the root of consistency? Like kind of forcing yourself not to have a choice. Like it's it, it really is a lot easier said than done. 
super easy to say oh, that. Yeah. And then you'll fall into this loop of just. Well, I think people get caught up in also doing the same thing. Too. Like people like they say, oh, I don't have a choice. I got to do the same thing and same thing like daily. Like really consistency is all about inconsistent, like consistently flowing, consistently adjusting, consistently committing and accepting and adapting like consistent inconsistency. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Like consistent. And so I'm just going to like say the definition. I looked this up before the podcast. Of course. The definition of consistency conformity in the application of something typically that which is necessary for the sake of logic accuracy or fairness now i look at this definition i'm like okay so what's logical what is accurate what is fair like every all of that end of the definition is so subjective so i created of course i created my own so like my alternative definition which is i think super subjective to personal experience but congruity between action and intention meaning you're aligning your intentions and your actions so if you want to do something for the sake of bettering yourself for example you're aligning your action with that intention as often as possible yeah love that love that do you have an example of like not doing that just so our viewers could understand a little like, bit better like not like not doing like your action and intention not lining up so being inconsistent not having consistency yeah i, I mean i'll we love talking about self-improvement and health because it's all our, our podcast is all about health so we'll go diet like you your intention is to cook your own food every day so you know what you're putting into your food you know the ingredients and you're not eating preservatives and shit shit. right but your action on on one day or you i'm sorry that that's that's your true intention that's like what you set but feelings come into play and oh like i don't i don't really feel that well let me just order out tonight you know that action of ordering out does not align with your intention therefore you're now being inconsistent so if you're if you set an initial intention of cooking every meal or I guess like meal prepping and preparing your meal for future meals, right? If you set that intention and you decide and act on ordering out or, you know, doing something other than that, then based off of a, like based off of a negative feeling, that's inconsistency. I think people have to understand that it's okay to be inconsistent too. Mm. super important because an individual like me circumstances are real they're super real so if i have an intention and my action doesn't align with that intention for a day i don't let it eat at me life happens shit happens i'm not gonna fucking worry about it for the next two weeks that i missed i missed one day some days i have 10 hour shift so i have to train a client then i have to work at the gym for an eight hour shift and i'm getting home at 9 p.m but i have to be back at the gym at 7 a.m the next morning and i know my intention is like i should cook my own food right now but i know in that moment for my mental health and the amount of sleep i need 
I'm going to eat what my mom cooked or I'm going to order some Chipotle because right. it's quick and easy. Right. And I'm just going to attack it the next day. And let's go back to this adjusting. Yeah. Adapting. You have, you have accepting. To, it's all a part of it. You have to adapt. But, 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 but it is like you have to understand that when I do have these cheat meals or when I'm not inconsistent, I'm still consistent. So I'm still ordering food that I know has rice, meat. Like rice proteins, vegetables, and maybe some fat, like some some cheese. That's why I do Chipotle because I know, for the most part, it's not absolutely terrible for you. Like a one stop shop. Yeah, it's not absolutely terrible. It's, nothing's fried. They might use some olive oil. They might use some cooking oil, but it's not gonna be ten thousand, like not ten thousand, a thousand, a thousand calories off of what my goal is of calories for the day. Right. Another example: Bengal bowls. We had it when. Oh, you yeah, came those, to the gym yeah, with those me. So good. It's just it's supernatural. It's rice, chicken, mm-hmm. vegetables, healthy sa- sauces. I know that eating that is not going to completely throw me off, but at the same time, I didn't cook my own food and I didn't track it. So maybe, so so maybe I just gave a poor example. Maybe like the original intention should be know what you put in your body. Yeah. So whether you cook it or whether you order it, you're like reading ingredients. You're like looking at calories. That maybe that is no, like the no, no, not at all. Like you said, it's subjective. Everybody has their own intention. <clears throat> right. Okay. So, or it's it's not either or. It's yeah, and. It's yeah, and like my circumstances for that moment, for how deep I was into my bulk, it was okay. It was okay. But now on my cut, you're not going to see me at Bengal Bowls. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see me at Chipotle. You're not going to see me order anything. Yeah. Because my intention is going to align with my action. My action is going to be counting every single fucking calorie. Do you like that definition? <sighs> Congruity between action and intention? Yes. Yes. But you're being true to yourself. There's minimal room to lie and have your ego tell you it's okay. So is consistency good or bad or both, both. or neither? Both. both. We're creatures of habit. At the end of the day. And being consistent day to day, super comfortable. It'll allow you to be super productive. But once you're thrown off that loop, shit hits the fan. What do you do? How do you respond? Some people respond poorly. Some people respond decently. It, one of the RA questions when I got interviewed to be an RA was like, like, what if like something happens and you can't be on your schedule that you've strategically planned out? And I said I'll adapt. I, I don't know if they believe me, but like I would adapt right. because I've learned to adapt. Mm-hmm. But some people can't. And it's like, ah, what do I do? I'm fucked. Where do I go next? Yeah, because they were so fixed into that one thing. A perfect example. We just got to say it. We have, we have to say it on air. Like Today, you forgot your tripod. Oh. Yeah. Right? Like, forgot the tripod for the camera. And you call me. And you're like, yo, bad news. <laughs> you know when I went to the gym the other day and forgot to, or, you know, brought my tripod? And immediately, I was not like, oh, you know, fuck. Like, what are we going to? It was like, we'll adapt. Like, what did I say next? And then you were like, let's get creative. I said, we get to be creative. We get and to figure be out a way to record today. This is not just a podcast, like, where we're just saying shit, guys. Like, we, I, I hope, like, people know, like, we really try to live these principles out every day and 
when we get creative, we get powerful. In fact, there's this book. Um, it's written by Elizabeth Gilbert, I believe. I think it's called, um, oh, Big Magic. It's called Big Magic. And uh, there's a quote. It goes something like, it's a simple and generous rule of life that whatever you practice, you will improve at. And it, it goes something like that. And like when we practice this every day, when we practice, no matter how shitty or how good we feel, it become like we become naturally good at it. We just get natural. And for example, like this, starting from episode one to now, episode one, we were trying to, I was at least was trying to entertain and kind of lost sight of. That was funny. Yeah. I remember. Right. And even, even a little bit after that, like, you know, I had like this face on, you know, trying to impress people. Now I'm just getting down to earth. Yeah. We're just in the the eyes, looking each other in the eyes and having a great ass conversation. Not even worried about who listens, you know? I was worried about, like, oh, like, who's going to listen to this podcast? And I feel like this goes back to consistency in a sense that if our expectation was to have uh, 200 followers or all these listeners by a certain time and we didn't get it, uh, we would have fucking stopped, bro. Yeah. If our intention was to make so-and-so amount of money and have this following and right and grow it to be something that was absolutely out of our reach, well... In that moment, like, who knows where it's going to take us? It's just the consistency is not going to be there because, like, our actions are just going to be having the podcast. But if we don't see the results that we wanted, we're just going to be like, fuck that. I'm not going to I'm not going to keep doing this. Right. And that's why we say, like, don't don't be money hungry in a sense, because if you're always doing something for a sense of getting paid. What happens when you don't get paid or what happens when the salary doesn't match up what you want? Are you going to stop doing it as well as you were doing it before? Right. Are you going to give up? That's called manipulation. (laughs) Like you're basically manipulating yourself. That's like if I did a favor for you and then um, you need a favor back from me and like, oh, remember, remember when you did that for me that one time, Zach? Well, like, you know, like here's your time to pay for the Uber or like, I don't know, do something. That's literally manipulation. When you do things and don't expect things in return, you just get so happy. Yeah. Like, dude, like, I can't even tell you how many drinks I bought somebody this weekend. And I wasn't even expecting people to buy me drinks back. I just did it because I loved it. But guess what? They saw peace, love, joy, all of it. And it returned. But I wasn't thinking it was going to return. Right. And and I got paid back in ways that go far beyond money, you know? And, and I feel like that's, it, people lack consistency because they're always looking for something out of what they're doing. They're always, they're always trying to grab on to something else. They're always trying to grab on to this idea that it's going to come back in some way. No, just give, give to yourself. When you give to yourself and you give to others and you don't expect shit in return, you get more than you ever thought you would ever get returned. I don't know if that made sense. Kind of sort of. No, for me, it did but, yeah, me too. Um, it's very don't don't be interactional. Yeah, just don't be interactional. Transactional. Yeah, transactional. What did I say? Interaction. Yeah, yeah. Transactional. You want to interact? I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, but I think I think it's time to transition into like what what stops people like what it like what stops people from taking consistent action on their intention. 
I think the transaction. I, one one of the reasons oh, oh, like is expecting, expecting expecting something in return, like, right? Like working out, for example. If you look yourself in the mirror every single day, you're not gonna see any change. For the most part, you're barely gonna see change. But if you look at yourself in the mirror from day one to day ninety, you're gonna wow. see change. But the only reason you saw change is because you were consistent. If you didn't see change in those first five days and you say, I'm not reaching my goals, screw this. Why is your goal to look different in a day? Your goal should be to have a, a healthy lifestyle and embrace right. like physical activity and, right. and going to the gym and going like just, just general physical activity, going right. for walks, right. just being overall healthy. You would always trip me up. Like people want to see results in the day. But they didn't. They don't realize that like their one fast food meal did not get them fat, or like them not going to the gym or missing a day did not get them fat. Or I keep, we keep going back to that specific topic. Let's just go to studying, for example. You not studying for one day did not make you fail that test, unless it was the only day that you. were Unless it was study. the day before, of course. Yeah, of course. But the same principle applies to the reverse. Why do people expect to get rich or lose all the fat in the world or get the best grades in a day or like in a short amount of time when the time it took for them to get where they are now has been an extended period of time? It's like the whole chronic thing that I had earlier in the semester. By chronic thing, I know that didn't make sense to anybody, but like the definition of chronic is always looked at as bad, but they never look at it as good. Like literally in Google, it has a negative connotation to it. It doesn't, it doesn't say bad in the actual definition, but it, it says like in parentheses, like before it, like, right. But like, look at chronic meditation, look at chronic wellness, look at chronic is also like a good thing, like a long period chronic beneficiary, just like it was chronic for you to sit on your ass for 10 months and eat shitty food or years, right? <laughs> 10 years, whatever it is. And to where you got now, look at it. It's going to take the same time. If at the same time, it's going to take a long probably more, more time you could to get cro back. Chronically work out. You're right. You I've, could chronically work I've out. Chronically worked out. And I've, yeah. I, I am where I am today because of it. And you've chronically see the results. Yeah. But taking it away, taking it away from mental health and physical health, the podcast, like I, we, it just happened. Mm-hmm. 35 minutes ago, it just happened. We listened to audio from like three months ago. And then you listen to audio from like two weeks ago. Right. Podcast to podcast, we didn't see that much of a difference. But, but the whole nine podcasts apart, we're like, oh shit, we like figured it out. But we didn't stop when one to two was bad or two to three right. was bad. Right. We just kept practicing and trying to get better at it. Right. And then you look back on it, it's like, oh fuck, like we got better. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why people get anxiety, dude. Yeah, like re yeah. Re reflection is good. Reflection is good, but there's there's this chemical that in your body that isn't heavily involved in anxiety. It's called norepinephrine. Uh, yeah, norepinephrine. Right. When norepinephrine is heightened, you're you're laser focused, and it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. But when it becomes a bad thing, is when it becomes crippling. When you're so focused on something, like 
looking in the mirror every day for me. I look at myself in the mirror every day as anybody should, but I have more so I have a conversation with myself, right? But I don't look at that interaction and like scrutinize it. I just exist in the moment with it. But if I looked at my mirror and every day and I saw every single detail of my body and every wrinkle and every piece of fat and every freckle and every this and that, what like that heightened level of focus combined with many other chemicals and just a whole lot of body processes going on, it's going to stimulate anxiety, dude. Like You're going to be so focused on something you can't see anything else. You said something. Oh, my God. You said it over the weekend at my house. Ah, oh, it was about focus, and when you're too focused, it's crippling. Paralysis by analysis. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah. That's what you're describing. Yeah, exactly. And we even mentioned that in podcast episode number seven. I said paralysis by analysis. And the only reason I know that, I was literally listening to the podcast earlier today. Were you podcast that, seven? No, I was listening to podcast seven. And it's oh, so you were kinda, you were texting me. You were like, yeah. uh, I'm just reflecting on my. Uh, what'd you say? I say a lot. Yeah, I say um, so. I say so. A have lot. you said so less? I don't know. We'll I don't see. Know Did I say yeah, bro? A lot. I've been trying to work on the yeah, bro. You, I think you. I don't know. You seem better at it. But here's here's a prime. This is like a live example. Like if. We're going to look at this episode and we're going to look at how how often did I say so? How often do you say yeah, bro? But in the grand scheme of things, we really don't give a fuck. Like, you really don't care how how many times you say yeah, bro. Because the minute you say, I'm going to work on this, you you don't have to think about it. Your brain already knows. It's already stored back there. And yeah, while you continue to... <laughs> I definitely said it a lot. <laughs> Whatever. I definitely fine. said it's it a fine. lot. It's one of those things. Um, but yeah, like you're, we, we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like our brain and our body is way smarter than they think, than we think. Yeah, you said it earlier. It's like built against us. Yeah, it is. It, We're prone to anxiety. Like, in fact, it's actually good for us to be anxious. That's why we become, it's when it becomes too much. It's when it becomes dysfunctional. That's when it's a problem. Same thing with fear. That's why there's phobias out there, right? When the phobia becomes dysfunctional, that's when it's a disorder. Like, I'm going to go into this field, and I need to know that anxiety is awesome. Fear is awesome. Otherwise, we'd be jumping into shark tanks and fucking, like, doing anything and everything, like having a death wish of some sort, right? But if if you fear fear and you fear anxiety, that's when it just eats you up. It eats you. Like... I could only mentally prepare myself so much for PT school and, like, the shit show it's going to be. But, like, I know it's going to be hard. It's, uh, like, I'm going to fear failing tests. I'm going to get anxious. I'm going to be sad if I don't do that. Like, I'm going to have so many vast emotions, but you have to accept those emotions to stay consistent. Right. (laughs) Like, you have to be like, yeah, I'm anxious, but, like, I'm going to keep going. It's okay. It's okay. Like, yeah. Your human body was meant to be anxious. The human yeah. body was meant to be feared. Yeah. Because me being anxious and me fearing something, I look at it from like, oh, I'm scared to fail this test. I'm going to study a little bit harder. Mm. I'm anxious. I'm going to meditate. And that meditation will allow my intentions to be focused on the right oh. things to do better on that test. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think you need yeah. to look at it from the right perspective. And when you do that, that's when you're even more consistent. Mm. 
Consistency is a big topic. Huge, huge. And you said something too that we'll, we'll end on this point. But like, anticipating the failure or like the dip, right? They call it like oh, an, yeah, anticipating yeah, the dip. That's crazy how we just went into it's that. It's insane. But like when you anticipate, oh yeah, of course I'm going to feel anxious on a PT exam in a year, right? You anticipate that quote unquote dip or that mental fog, right? For example, or you anticipate the dip of, oh, I know the holidays are coming up. I've, I I might make some poor decisions. Let's prepare myself for that. When you anticipate that, that's like starting or like revving your engine. Like you're really like you're getting ready for it. You're you're, you're like preparing. You're preparing for it. And your body knows. Like your body knows, okay, I am I know this could happen. I am anticipating the fact that this this like the worst case scenario. I'm anticipating the worst. Now you're already ready for it. So when that moment does happen, you're like, oh, I see now why I set that previous intention. It's like a different type of imagery. Yeah. Like there's uh, levels to imagery. I don't know if I've, I, I, I don't know. It's getting like weird now with what I've said and what I haven't, but powerlifting and imagining the lift and like feeling the bar and having the bar in my back mm-hmm. and imagining going down and going up and everything it takes for that to be as efficient as possible. Yeah. Is a type of in- imagery. But for me to imagine the stress and anxiety that I'm going to feel. Like, just during a test, like the next test I take, I'm going to imagine me sitting at the table, hitting my pen on the table, because that's what I do when I'm, like, thinking and, like, biting my tongue and getting anxious. When I prepare, like, imagine it, and then when I'm in the moment, it's like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to tackle these emotions and not let it tackle me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to attack it so it doesn't attack you? Just imagining it, preparing for it. Literally, yeah. Anticipating the dip. Yeah, and I anticipate the dip. And now when you're taking that test, and let's say it starts happening. You, it's like you recognize it. Yeah, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm dipping. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. I'm dipping right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Focus on your breathing. Right. Roll out the neck. Mm-hmm. It's just take a two-second meditation. Just That's it. recenter yourself. Oh, fuck, I'm still dipping. Next question. Right. Right. Knowing when to just be like, all right, let's go. Let's move on. I don't know it. Cool. Cool. Let's go back to it. Yeah. But when you get caught up on that dip because you didn't anticipate that dip, right? Rest Anxiety. Of the, rest of the test is shot. Shot. You have no sh- no chance. No opportunity unless you regather yourself. But yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Consistency, ladies and gentlemen. What it is? Why we talked about it? What does it mean in your lives and why people struggle with it? It's an awesome freaking topic. That was dope, dude. I I really like that one. Yeah. The bone. Yeah, man. We talked. Yeah, we did.